0: Welcome back to CFO Weekly, where we're talking with financial leaders about how to build efficiency in their teams, create time for strategy, and ultimately get results with your host, Megan Weiss. Let's jump right in. Today, my guest is Max Gray. Max is currently the vice president of finance at Bitcoin Depot, where he oversees all corporate finance functions and data analytics. Prior to joining Bitcoin Depot, Max held several roles with increasing responsibility in finance with the Home Depot. He holds a Bachelor of Business Administration from the University of Georgia. Max, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Megan. Very excited to be here with you.
0: Yeah, today's topic is operational improvements. It's something that every organization should be undertaking on an ongoing basis, but many of these projects will fail to deliver the expected results. So today we'll be discussing how we can be smarter in these efforts and drive better results. I'm excited about this topic and learning from the challenges you've overcome. So let's get started. First, tell me about your career progression and how it is that you got to where you are today.
1: Yeah, so definitely been a a wild ride. I graduated from the University of Georgia in 2016 and went straight from there to Home Depot I started at Home Depot in merchandising, had somewhat of like a rotational role, and got to touch a lot of different pieces of the business, pricing, merchandising, analytics, and got to experience how a really well-oiled machine, big Fortune 50 company runs. And certainly found from there kind of what I was really interested in, which is, I think for for right now, just process improvement and making things better. Um, I had a very good mentor that pulled me over to finance there into a totally new business segment that Home Depot was starting. So essentially starting a business from scratch in an already very large business and fell in love with finance and you know all of the pieces of the business that you get exposed to just through controlling the numbers. Reporting was certainly one of the big issues that we faced in that business early on. And we had to figure out a way to, to make it better. Um, we were spending seven days a week, hours a day, running reporting for this business unit when we first got off the ground. And, uh, you know, just through not wanting to do that anymore, found some different ways that we could make it go faster. And then through that process, learned a bunch of different hard skills that have benefited me and moving my career forward ever since. So, uh, I was at Home Depot in finance for I think three, three and a half years total. And then I moved over to the company I'm at right now, Bitcoin Depot, about three months ago. So, it's been very exciting. Certainly, a lot of very, very great mentors that have helped me move up and learn along the way that I owe pretty much everything to. But it's been a very exciting ride so far.
0: That's awesome, and mentors, yeah, you cannot just cannot give them enough weight in people's lives. They're so so. I I owe
1: them most the credit for sure, absolutely. (laughs)
0: Um, And yeah, those rotational programs always seem to be so valuable in creating future leaders. So that's awesome that you had that opportunity.
1: Yeah, Uh, I think that you know one thing I would say you know about Home Depot specifically is I think that they you know, they give you a lot of opportunity and latitude at a very young age, which I think for me was the perfect fit. I don't know a lot of other companies out there that, you know, that provide you that much freedom when you're first starting out in business. So that was definitely played a huge role in my development.
0: Yeah. Especially big companies like that. Exactly. Yeah, so are there any particular stories or moves that stand out in your mind as turning points?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that just go, you know, getting that that first job at Home Depot was um was definitely a turning point for me. I think that going to a really large corporate company was was a great move for me personality-wise, right out of college, gave me a lot of structure to learn around. You know, I mentioned my mentors. I think getting pulled over to that, you know, that new business segment over at Home Depot was great. I had a fantastic boss over there that taught me. You know, everything I know now about Excel and business modeling and um, certainly being exposed to the i t side and learning a lot about process improvement and automation. And then you know the company I'm at now, uh, Bitcoin Depot, Brandon Mintz, the CEO, is a friend of mine from college. I've watched him and his company grow explosively over the last couple of years. He's done a great job. him and Scott, our CFO have done a great job, you know making, Making that growth robust and turning it into a very large player and the largest player in the cryptocurrency ATM space in the world. So coming over there has definitely been very exciting. Totally different than what I was doing at Home Depot, just from a you know finance perspective. Even you know controlling an entire P and L balance sheet and cash flow statement, and you know it's much more running the full business versus just you know one piece of a business segment. But yeah, it's it's been very exciting. That's probably been the, the biggest move I've ever made going from a, a very large corporate company to to a private company. It has been a big change of pace too, but it's been very fun. Certainly love working with Scott and Brandon and the whole team over there every day. Very talented.
0: Let's talk about Bitcoin Depot and what it is that they do.
1: Yeah. So uh, Bitcoin Depot is the largest cryptocurrency ATM network in the world. And essentially the service we provide is one of the easiest ways to purchase cryptocurrency that there is today. So as a customer, you can walk up to a kiosk, put a hundred dollars in and instantly buy a select number of cryptocurrencies. We offer the same service through our website online. Our fleet and network continues to expand. We just expanded into Canada earlier this year. So it's growing very fast. I think you know, the overall mission is to start to break down these barriers to actually purchase cryptocurrency and make it easier for everyone to be able to access it and access it very quickly and without you know painstaking amounts of the things that you have to go through to sign up for major exchanges or have a bank account, those types of things. Where are these kiosks? Oh, they're everywhere. so uh, we're we're expanding very quickly right now. Our coverage is essentially in almost every single state at this point in the in the us all major cities, several Canadian provinces. Um, so I mean if you if you googled one right now, I'm sure unless you lived in New York, I'm sure there there would be one very close to you.
0: Yeah. I've, I've been doing a lot. I've been doing a lot of reading about cryptocurrencies and, uh, yeah, they've, it's been a slow
1: progression to the mainstream, but I feel like it's about to explode. Yeah. I think we're certainly in the earlier phases of it, but yeah, uh, that would definitely be the hope. Um, but yeah, I think we have over 4,000 kiosks now. Um, we should finish the year with, you know, substantially more than that. So it's been a a very quick progression and growth for the company, but, um, You know very excited to be a part of it and it's fun to see see something grow this fast
0: yeah i bet okay so let's talk about operational improvements can you tell us a bit about some of the projects you've tackled over the last two or three years
1: yeah i I think that the first major one we tackled was was when i was at home depot and you know i mentioned Earlier on, we were you know, running reporting for this business unit seven days a week. I was a senior analyst at the time. Certainly didn't want to spend my Saturdays, you know, running reporting. And so, just that drive to not do that made me try and figure out ways to get around it. So, you know, we implemented a number of different tools and softwares to get around that. My favorite one by far over the years has been Tableau. I taught myself how to write SQL. Had some fantastic. IT partners that helped us along the way. And I think that just kind of broader, and this applies to both Phone Depot and Bitcoin Depot um, over my career. I think that as you start to get some amount of data, there's a tipping point where you just cannot operate in Excel anymore, right? I mean, you're downloading, you know, extracts from some server somewhere and it's millions of rows of data and your computer's crashing over and over again. It's really an analytical nightmare. And so um, you have to figure out ways to be smarter, pull less data, but get the same result. So you know not pull everything at the transaction level that aggregated up at the day. Whatever it is, that's definitely been a big key focus for me so far. So I think moving over to to Bitcoin Depot, you know, they actually have, you know, we've got some great databases over there, and I think everything's structured now. I mean obviously three years ago, it was definitely not like that. Um, I had helped Brandon with a couple of smaller projects that you know we had to let, you know, let it sit in Excel overnight and calculate. I mean, it was uh, definitely a totally different time back then. But now it's more about, I think now is the fun part, especially over at Bitcoin Depot, where we have a lot of the data and the structure and the databases that need, it needs to be in. Um, we have the tools to pull the, the data out and have some actual fun analyzing it without our computers crashing.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've used Tableau before and it's such an amazing and very cool tool just to uh, visualize data.
1: It is definitely. Yeah.
0: So when it comes to operational improvements in general, how do you decide what projects should be pursued versus those that should maybe just be left behind?
1: Yeah. I think it's so dependent on the business and what's going on, but I think overall I've always applied the process improvement and automation to the things that take the most time. I think that, you know, if a a business unit or someone's asking for the same report over and over and over again, every single month, and it's taking hours to pull together, there's definitely a better way to do it. And I think that regardless of, you know, maybe how well it's used or how often it's used, just freeing up that time for your team to go do other things, you know, besides manually update a report is, is very valuable. I also think that, you know, there's some, there are some projects I've been on over the years where we didn't really know what it was, but it still had to be a priority, meaning that, you know, we didn't know what we were going to find or what, what stones we were going to turn over, but that, you know, we knew that at least checking those things off the list in terms of like, you know, business drivers, KPIs, whatever they were were important to look at. So I think it totally depends on the business unit, but I've always favored the things that have taken the most time, because I have yet to find an instance where you can't make it faster. Yeah, that's a great rule of
0: thumb. And you, you may have just touched on this, but automation, obviously very, very popular subject these days, but not everything should or needs to be automated. So how is it that you decide what automation projects to take on?
1: No, it's a great question. I, um, yeah, I mentioned that we use Tableau a lot and I've used it my entire career so far. I think that the one of downfall to tableau which you you kind of touched on too is you can make these really beautiful data visualizations and people will spend hours and hours doing them and uploading them to a server and then no one ever uses it right and so it's a very tough balance i've found to build these things and spend the right amount of time and make them user friendly and The end result should always be that the person you're providing this tool to uses it very often. And I think that sometimes we automate a little too much. You know, I think that the the best things to automate are the things that are used for, you know, I would call reporting the news, right? For the business, like, you know, just you just need a KPI to update every week, or you just need to figure out how much you sold yesterday or those types of things. I think for the things that are for projects that are much more in-depth and require some deeper level of thinking. I actually try to stay away from automation as much as I can. I think that what I don't stay away from is using the tools that we use to automate, like SQL Tableau, using utilizing our databases and, and pulling in less data is still very important, but I definitely stay away from automation and in, in the deeper thinking tasks. I've never found that to be beneficial to the business unit. Yeah. yeah. Especially There's- as things evolve over time, right? I mean, most of those those projects that are very specialized or ad hoc, or even if you have to repeat them every single month, they're evolving constantly. And so even if you do automate something, you're going to backtrack and automate it again, pretty much every single month as you iterate.
0: Yeah. I guess there's certain things that will always need human
1: insights. Yeah, definitely. Or I'm out of a job, Megan. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure at some point or another as accountants or in finance, we've all worried that, you know, that's the direction the world is heading is AI and
1: automation. And what are we going to do? We're a far way away from that. But um, I, I will. I love leaning on the tools we have today to make to make things easier for us. So how is it that you can tell when the process is good enough
0: and avoid maybe over simplifying something or over investing
1: in it. So well, that's a great question. I think that you have to rely on the end users for that, right, and your business partners. I think that when they find it the most useful is the time for you to take your hands off and stop. I mean, we we always try to make things better and we're constantly on the, you know, product and projects that we are providing our business partners today are always trying to, to provide them more um, and give them more insight. But I certainly think there's an appropriate time to to be done versus having it perfect. I don't think there is a perfect that exists in, in this world of automation and, and reporting and finance today. So for me, done is much better than perfect. And as long as they're able to use it for, you know, a majority of the reasons why we first set out and creating whatever it is we created, then I'm happy. I think I mentioned, you know, a lot of these projects and Pablo dashboards specifically end up, you know, never getting used. And so even the ones that people ask for, which um, is definitely no fault of theirs, it's because the dashboard doesn't do what they need it to, but it's definitely a very fine balance to uh, to taking your hands off and just letting them use it versus, you know, constantly updating it. I can't tell you how many times I've seen a business unit get very comfortable with using something like that, whether it's Tableau or not, just some form of automated reporting, and then it gets changed, and they have no use for it anymore, or they're so <laughs> confused of what they're that what they're looking at. It doesn't. It's you know, it takes them longer than it it did for them to read the report just to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Some, yeah some, so, sometimes, sometimes simple sometimes. is best. Yeah. Exactly. No. By far is especially in this world. Absolutely. Um, there's so many ways you can make the numbers dance, and you know. There's so much data available at your fingertips that simplicity is best not only for the people that are creating the report, but also for the people that are reading it. There's nothing worse than looking at a complicated KPI and trying to figure out how in the world it was calculated. (laughs) Um, Definitely frustrating.
0: So when you're looking to tackle a process improvement, how do you ensure that you've put together the right team to do it?
1: Yeah, uh, great question. I think that definitely starts before the project, right? I mean, we're we're always on the lookout for the best talent. And um, I think building your team starts way before any project gets handed down to them specifically. Um, So I think that making sure that you have the right fit of people that you're working with is is critically important. I've been incredibly lucky over my career to have fantastic business partners across both companies who have helped me learn pretty much everything I know. I'm always learning from the people that I work with um, and for. So, I think that starts way before. Um, and I think that you know, there's always room to to improve. I I think that there's a lot of, especially in this field of automation and reporting and you know, managing databases. There's just some like really easy things that you can teach people to make things go much faster. Tableau is a great learning ground for for all of that. So it's a uh, we're always learning. Um, Obviously the software is always changing. So that's a challenge for all of us too. But um, I think it starts, starts way before any project starts.
0: And all of these projects obviously are an investment of time and money. So how do you get the business to buy in that the improvement is necessary?
1: Yeah, no, great question. Well, I think the good news is that a lot of these, you know, you can achieve a lot without spending a lot of money. I think that's the you know, Tableau, you know, for a small to mid-sized company is really power BI and it gets competitors really very inexpensive. Managing a database in the cloud, depending on the size from a small to mid sized company, is also very inexpensive. So you can get a lot of ROI on your time by not spending a lot by spending very few dollars. I think for the bigger projects, you know, as you grow as a company. You need to be able to scale your ability to analyze data it's not so much in my eyes you know a want it's a it's a necessity i mean if you want to continue to access those deep level insights efficiently and be able to turn answers very quickly to your business partners to help them drive growth in the business you have to have you have to have automation you have to have you know the right database structure you have to have everything set up the right way or it's just it slows everything down and slowing that type of stuff down means less time for the ad hoc work or for people to think about how to improve something else i mean the last thing that i want is anyone on my team or anyone that i work for spending hours pulling data that you know could take seconds or a minute to pull um, and so it's definitely always top of mind for me i've i've never had an issue, um, so far in my career, getting anyone bought into that. Um, I guess that could change as the projects, projects hopefully get bigger and bigger, but certainly has not been a challenge so far. Definitely a necessity for any success.
0: Yeah. I guess at some point it becomes impossible to scale.
1: (laughs) I think, yeah, sure. And I think any, you know, any deep-level question, you know, I always give you know some crazy example of you know you know how how many of our customers have spent X number of dollars in the last 30 days and more than a thousand dollars year-to-date and transacted with us last year. I mean that type of question, if you're using Excel and a manual data extract, could literally take you hours <laughs> to answer, versus seconds in in Tableau or Power BI or something like that if you know what you're doing. So I think there's very few things left in the world today that you can improve to that. I mean, you're talking like, you know, 1000x improvement on your time. It's rare that you find things that you can improve to that degree left in the world today. So definitely very important at scale.
0: And regarding change management, I know this is often the, the piece that most people struggle with the most, but how do you overcome organizational resistance and get people to start doing things the new way once it has been
1: improved? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think that, um, you know, all of, all of these things kind of work in tandem. And when you make those improvements, certainly like I always equate it to getting a new update on your iPhone. You know, you're like, what is this? I don't know where any of the buttons are. Uh, How do I call someone now? After a week, you realize how much better it is. In most cases, certainly not every, every update that Apple's ever pushed, but the possibilities are well expanded after a lot of these changes happen. And so I think that people are definitely creatures of habit. We all like seeing things a certain way. And over time, if we keep seeing things that same way, It's just easy for us to digest very quickly. Um, We're used to the formatting, whatever it is. I think that once you run through a lot of these automation process improvement exercises, you're able to access so much more and ask way deeper questions than you've ever been able to and get the answers way faster. So I think that certainly can be a challenge at first, but I don't think that I've ever... The reaction I've usually gotten from a a lot of these projects is not pushback, it's excitement. And in the possibilities of, of what you can start to, to drive from the business perspective through these insights. So it's usually a very exciting time whenever you start to unlock, um, unlock these pieces of data that were, there are processes that were really painful prior that are now you know, very easy.
0: Yeah, I guess uh, the end user's reaction gives you some insight into the value of the project too. Oh
1: definitely. Yeah, that's such a good point for sure. I think that yeah, you know, we rely a lot on our business. In fact, I think that I'm in finance, but we we provide re- reporting at Bitcoin Depot to to almost all of our functions. And so we rely heavily on our business partners to tell us what's working and what's not and you know, what they need to see. So they're the experts in each of their fields and and uh, we certainly we use them that way. So yeah, definitely a, a great leading indicator. No frowning faces when they're seeing the, the, the end result. Can you a good idea?
0: And I know you know you've you've mentioned Tableau, but are there any other tools or technologies you're using right now that have really helped you make life easier?
1: Well, I uh, <laughs> I'm an Excel junkie, so that will that will always be my my crutch. I think, you know, one, I, I valued Tableau a lot just from a usability perspective. I think the, the UX for, for their software is really great. It's really easy to pull in tons of data and, you know, analyze it using tons of different formulas that really aren't available to you in a lot of other programs. I mean, we've used Power BI in the past, we have a couple of different backend SQL database, UX type softwares that we can work into, but by far Tableau has been, um, been the best software I think I've used over, over my career to do this type of work. Big Tableau fan. Yeah, (laughs) This has just been one big Tableau ad.
0: (laughs) I can agree though. It's definitely (laughs) a really fun tool and to be able to dig down into numbers in a matter of seconds is powerful stuff. It cannot do
1: that with that amount of data in Excel. No.
0: So lastly, what challenges or risks are keeping you up at night these days?
1: Yeah. uh, uh, Love the question. I think that, you know, we have so much data available to us. And I I think I mentioned earlier, you know, it's pretty easy when you have that much data to make the numbers tell you anything you want to hear. And so Reading in between the lines and not relying 100% on our data is, is so important, being able to understand the business well enough that when you're working with you know these huge data sets and process automation and all these different softwares, understanding what the numbers mean is, is so important or understanding when you're maybe pushing the numbers one way versus the other. My biggest fear is that you know we, we maybe miss something that we should have really easily seen because we were so tied up in what the data said. That we couldn't get around it so i think that's gonna, i think that's a challenge for most businesses regardless of size once you start to get a lot of data it's really important you know the qualitative side is just so important to, to understanding what's actually going on out there but you know keeping the customer the actual you know business and what we do and how it's evolving in mind is it's a big piece of that
0: that's such a good point. It's so important to not just take things at face value, but to remember to still dig into what's under the covers
1: and, and think for yourself, pretty much. Yeah. It's as much an art as it is a science. And I think that, you know, you just you've got to spend time learning the business and understanding it so that when those types of you know red herrings come along, you're able to to really quickly track to them and, and get away from it. Cause I think it's it's very dangerous. I think you can I think in today's world, you can make some really bad business decisions based off of what looks like really good data.
0: Yep. Max, thank you so much for being
1: my guest today. Absolutely. had a great time. I, I really appreciate
0: you taking the time to do this. Yeah, I really enjoyed speaking with you and hearing about your experiences and the resulting insights. And I appreciate your time today and wish you all the best in the future. Thanks, Megan. Yeah. To all of our listeners, please tune in next week. And until then,
1: take care. If you're ready to boost efficiency and streamline your accounting processes at significant cost savings, it's time to talk with Personiv. Their people-powered solutions have transformed the delivery of back office tasks and general accounting functions for decades, partnering with clients to provide everything from accounts payable to payroll services. See what Personiv can do for you by visiting personiv.com.
0: You've been listening to CFO Weekly presented by Persona. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to hear all of our episodes. Want to learn more? Check out persona.com. Thanks for listening.